0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fort, New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fort, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Here's my summary on Afghanistan. All for nothing, nothing for all. Murder Hornets are back. As if we didn't have enough to worry about. Walmart is the latest mega corporation to hire a cryptocurrency advisor. Hey, it's not for Bitcoin and the like. I've told you before, and I'll tell you again. It's to lay the groundwork for the coming digital dollar. Hey, another week, another cryptocurrency hack. This time for $97 million from Japan's Liquid Exchange. Is that mattress I talked about last episode looking better? Hey, are you a T-Mobile subscriber like me? Well, they've been hacked yet again. This time, 50 million subscribers have been affected. And finally, booster shots incoming! Tech news. If, like myself, you're an old fart, you may remember an adventure game called Mist. The original game debuted way back in 1993 and, if I remember correctly, was a runaway hit on the Mac. Not having a Mac, nor the means to acquire one back then, I never played it, and by the time it released for Windows, I'd lost interest in it. The game is known for its beautiful graphics and immersive gameplay. A couple of follow-ups have been released, but didn't make the same splash as the original. Well, come this August 26th, a new updated version is coming out. This time, it will be tailored for augmented reality headsets, as well as versions for Mac and Windows, along with game consoles. I barely have time for regular activity, so I'll probably give this a pass, unless we get locked down again. Google has unveiled its new Pixel 5a smartphone. The phone looks just like the Pixel 4.8 it replaces, but features many upgrades and comes in at a lower price, $449, versus the $499 price tag of the 4A. The 5A is made of brushed aluminum instead of the polycarbonate of the 4A, and its virtually bezel-less screen is slightly bigger at 6.34 inches. It also gains an IP67 water resistance rating and, of course, 5G capability. It's powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G. The Pixel 5a comes with 6GB of RAM and 128GB of storage. It also has a huge battery, 4680 mAh, and it's the largest battery any Pixel phone has ever had. So I guess those charging woes Pixel phones are noted for should be gone. It also has fast wire charging, but no wireless charging options. Well, hey, what do you expect at this price point? I think wireless charging is slightly overrated anyway. Of course, the cameras on this phone will be good, as Google's computational photography has been proven to be in the past. The only thing lacking is a 120Hz screen refresh rate, but if you're not used to that high of a refresh rate, to take it from me, you'll never notice. At this price point, you really can't go wrong. I can't wait to see what the incoming Pixel 6 will bring. You know, competition for the win. And finally, Android 12 kills off Android Auto. What? It's all now rolled into Google Maps. To me, this makes sense. Why have two separate applications when you can do all the functions of them with just one app? If you already have Android Auto installed, you can continue using it for now, but... Why would you? <music> tech I'm using, or let's call this tech woes. Now, last Friday while making the commute to my place of work, CarPlay started malfunctioning and I was forced to disconnect it. Then I noticed that my phone had lost cellular data, which was causing the problems with carplay. I looked at my settings and couldn't really see anything wrong. I did the usual, you know, I toggled my cellular service on and off, did the same for airplane mode, and reset my network settings. Nothing worked. Then I did a reset of all settings. Still no joy. Well, I took to the internet and found a site with a checklist of things that could have gone wrong. As I made my way down the list, I figured a hard reset was in my future. Then just before the final recommendation on the list for that hard reset, there was a short step which advised checking the VPN app on your phone. I then remembered changing the VPN standard the night before from OpenVPN to the faster WireGuard protocol and also noticed that the VPN kept trying to connect even though I wasn't trying to use it. Well, I set it back to OpenVPN and voila, I was back in business. Who would have thought such a thing could cause such a problem? Entertainment news. You know, I did something last Thursday that I haven't done since October of 2019. I went to a movie theater. That last visit was on my birthday to see Zombieland Double Tap. On this occasion, it was for my son's birthday. We watched the movie The Night House. Uh, The movie was okay. My problems with it were that I predicted where the movie was going, sort of, and with the lead actor, Rebecca Hall, who is highly praised by the critics for her performance in this movie. I like movies where I can't figure out the plot until it's revealed by the writers, such as The Sixth Sense, for example. The lead character came off to me as unlikable, and I had a hard time sympathizing with her. Well, maybe that was the intent. The plot got kind of convoluted as the movie went on, which made me lose interest in some parts, which should have ended up, in my opinion, should have ended up on the cutting room floor. Other parts of the plot should have been expanded, in my opinion. As far as movie theaters go, I can't see them surviving at the level they're at now. Maybe we can see the return of the independent movie theaters. Well, time will tell. Podcasting news. According to an article on InsideRadio.com, Amazon's push into podcasts is about one thing. Advertising revenue. No, not great original content or entertainment or educational value. Just big bucks from advertising. Before putting down megabucks to purchase the rights to, usually celebrity-hosted celebrity shows, Amazon analyzes the yearly total of advertising revenue and downloads. That's how they come up with what show they're going to buy the rights to. Millions of people are willing to sit and listen to shows hosted by celebrities babbling to their celebrity friends for some reason. This, I tell you, will eventually destroy independent podcasting. To quote the podfather, Adam Curry, yet again, advertising is a form of censorship. PocketCast. Once the feature leader of podcast listening apps went into a decline after being purchased by a consortium of so-called public broadcasters. Recently acquired by the company which owns WordPress, it appears that the developers are busy upgrading the app again. I wish them well. Speaking of which, NPR has introduced direct subscriptions to their podcast. For $3 per month, or $30 per year, you'll have ad-free access to all the agenda-driven shows they produce using any app you listen to podcasts on. This bypasses the 30% cut Apple takes from subscriptions from their channel on Apple's podcast app. More money for the air quotes public broadcaster, which still gets government grants using taxpayers' money. You know, they have to pay for those $5,000 Neumann microphones that all NPR studios and affiliates are required to use. Now, only if they would invest in some DSers. <laughs> you know, that was probably the real reason for the purchase of PocketCast way back when, but I guess they couldn't turn it into a subscription platform with that app. So, you know, they did what anybody else, any major corporation would do. They sold it. You know, I bailed on PocketCast because they weren't uh, embracing the Podcast 2.0 format, though the app seems to be using the Podcast Index for their directory. I've thrown in with Castomatic right now, but I'm evaluating the Podcast app Fountain, which Adam Curry recommends. I'll let you know how I feel about the app when I'm through testing it out. Time for a rant. Snopes.com and other fact-checkers popped up like weeds during the Trump years. But have you ever asked yourself, who's fact-checking the fact-checkers? Snopes, the most famous one, was founded and ran by a husband and wife team out of their home for years. Both are avowed progressives, and of course, that bias showed, and still shows, in Snopes' so-called fact-checking, even though they are a much larger corporation nowadays. Well, it has just recently come to light that the husband of this founding dynamic duo, one David Mickelson, has been exposed as a plagiarist and has been suspended by the company he co-founded. So far, some 54 articles have been found that that he has plagiarized. And, oh yeah, he plagiarized these articles under an assumed name. Now, who would trust an organization whose co-founder is a plagiarizer? Well, just about all social media and mainstream media outlets. Again, I ask, who is fact-checking the fact-checkers? I bet you thought I was going to rant about Afghanistan. Maybe next time. Episode 91, boy, this show is getting up there, is now concluding. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You can tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. Go ahead and give the show a rating on whatever platform that allows you to do so. It'll help me out. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do now try off on this rainy hurricane affected August afternoon and get off my lawn I'm out I'll see you guys oh yeah I might not upload anything next for the next two weeks I'll try to get something up there Let's take care